Hey, onesies, Josh Williams here, and thanks for checking out the One Man Podcast. There's now over 200 episodes and dozens of bonus interviews, all of which are available at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Google Podcasts, and many more. And you know what? If you don't have any of those apps, no big deal, because you can listen anytime at onemanpodcast.com. So be sure to subscribe, because it's always free, and there's a new episode out every Wednesday. And while you're at it, leave a review. It's a great way to help the podcast, and it doesn't cost you a thing. Follow One Man Podcast on all the major socials, and you'll get bonus content and pictures, fun stuff for yourself. And finally, if you have something that you want read on the show, send it to contact at onemanpodcast.com, because if you send it, I'll read it on an upcoming episode. Thanks so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy. What's up, everybody? This is DJ Demers. I'm K. Trevor Wilson. Hey, it's Krista Allen. Hi, this is Rick Mercer. What's up, guys? This is Paul Verzi, and you are listening to the One Man Podcast. Yeah! My name is Josh Williams, and welcome to the One Man Podcast, episode number 343 for Wednesday, November 29th, 2023. How's it going, onesies? You guys having the best day ever? You having the best week, month, existence ever? Who knows? I hope you are. I am comedian, brand ambassador, earthling Josh Williams, and this podcast is me telling you what's going on with me personally, professionally, everything in between. And this week, I'm going to be telling you guys about me getting sick again. Oh, boy, do I ever love getting sick. It happens so often, you'd think I had a monthly subscription. But I got sick again. I, I, I assembled my new computer. Like the Avengers, I took all of the independent curated pieces and made them into one. I What else did I do? I did an activation for Rona. I've been doing the Santa Claus stuff. I was trying to get some gifts for, for those in the household. I did a gig at the Rideau Carlton Raceway, the casino, future home of hard rock. They always say, watched a movie, you know, I did, I did some things and, and I'll, I'll tell you guys all about them as we, uh, as we go through this episode. Thanks for being here. I, uh, I don't know. That's the thing. I always intro the podcast, but I don't know if I ever just say, Hey, like, listen, thanks for picking this over whatever else was out there. I appreciate you guys being here. I, I really appreciate you spending your time with me. So Let's, let's just get into it. All right. I'll tell you guys about some stuff. I was sick. I was sick. I missed two days at the Santa Claus gig, you know, taking photos for Santa Claus is what I'm doing right now during the holiday seasons. Bing. Oh, I've got, I'm getting text messages about the podcast right now. I'm going to go ahead and turn this down. Let's see. Shall we, shall we, nobody ever emails me. Everyone always texts me or messages me, but let's see what it says here. So uh, maybe I really haven't even read the messages. I'm going to read it live right now and see if it's a, a good thing. I'm listening to episode 340 on my drive to Kingston. Chris from Broadhead is a really good buddy of mine. We've known each other for years since before we got, we were reps. Also, Thirst Responder is a good partner of ours. I've never met them, but my on-premise colleague posts on our workplace social media about them frequently. I'm going to let, that's, that's Drew. Shout out Drew. Drew, your text message just came in while I wrote this. So I assume that you'll be hearing this episode. So I'm going to respond because I was saying that those guys were like a little douchey. Like they weren't, they weren't douchey. Like they were being like, again, I, 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 (laughs) this is off the last episode where I, or or a previous episode where I was doing booze thing for founders, uh, an event corks and forks and just the thirst responders. I was like, I, I, I haven't gotten excited for a, a brand name like that in a long time. I was just like, I was like, that is an awesome name, thirst responders. And the fact that they had like a, like an ambulance, a brand ambulance, old school ambulance that they use. So it was like, oh, good for, good for them. That's, that's amazing. Like what a great thing. And then I met the dudes and there was like no theme, like, like if not for the name being at their booth, like this whole, like, oh, we're like the paramedics. Like I said, the huge missed opportunity for them to 
a huge missed opportunity for them to to kind of brand that and have the guys dressed like they were, you know, paramedics or something like that with thirst responders on like a missed opportunity. And again, there was like nothing thematic inside. It was just, you know, it was just you know, just a standard kind of bar thing. And then chatting with the guys, they they were the only group that wasn't particularly friendly or kind or or anything like that. Like they weren't unfriendly. They just seemed so apathetic to me talking to another vendor especially one who came up was like, guys, I love the name. It's incredible. Love this, love that, whatever. And I did not, did not even think at the time to be like, Hey, you know, if you guys considered having like paramedic uniform, like, like really lean into it. Cause when I first met them, I was just telling them I love the name. And it wasn't until afterwards someone was like, Oh yeah, they have like a branded ambulance and stuff. I'm like, well, fuck, if they're going to lean into it, if they're going to spend that kind of money, should get uniforms and stuff. It's a missed opportunity. Anyways. So I'm going to, I'm just going to take a two seconds and text Drew back. So you guys don't have to sit in here and listen to me, clack the fingers on the keys and then we'll get back to the podcast. And we're back. So yeah, I don't even know what I was saying before that. I was, uh, I did miss two of the days of the Santa Claus gig. I'm a photographer for for the Santa Claus photos at the Rito Center here in my hometown of Ottawa. And this time of year, man, can't be turning down, can't be turning down work. And those are, those are good paying days. So I was, I was just so fucking sick after my week at Absolute that I had to, I, I, I couldn't do it. I had the fever. I was coughing. I was like, my head was a swamp. I just couldn't do it. So I had to call in sick. And of course, as, as I was homesick, I started receiving all of those parts of the computers that I told you guys about last week. So bought a Mac mini and, and then of course, you know, thought, Hey, it's not super expensive. And then quickly realized that, oh, okay, I need monitors. I need this. I need that. So the computer stuff started arriving, but again, I just kind of put it aside. I wasn't feeling well, you know, it sucks when you're just like laying in bed. I don't even know if I was watching stuff. I think I was like switching between like watching, you know, nothing like, like nothing YouTube videos and playing tiny Tina's wonderlands, which, which is an okay game just to, 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 to cross it off my list quickly. I'd been, I think I ordered that game during the pandemic and I started playing it a long time ago and I just never got back to it. It's just a first person shooter, very cartoony kind of thing. But the fun thing about the gearbox games, that's the, essentially it's characters from the game borderlands and what they're doing is they're quote unquote playing like a, their world's version of dungeons and dragons, which they call bunkers and badasses. And you're just running around with guns and stuff and you're shooting, you know, skeletons and dragons and things like that. It's just a shooter game. But what makes it, you know, fun for me over some of the other shooter games is that they, they really lean into a lot of pop culture references. Like they'll take all sorts of stuff from pop culture. In Borderlands 3, they had uh, your, some guy wanted to be a movie star and you show up to him and he's like, oh, hi, Vault Hunter. Like, and he was talking, he's like, oh, hi, Vault Hunter. Like he was clearly a Tommy Wiseau from the room thing and the way he's like, I'm going to be a big movie star. Yeah, you know, I am like, it was just, it was kind of funny to be doing missions where there's some, you know, there's a, there's a pop culture theme behind it. You know what I mean? They had, uh, again, in Borderlands three, they had, uh, these two guys who put on shows like, so in the middle of this, like Borderlands is kind of like a Mad Max situation. So you got these, these two guys who are putting on all these shows, these big exhibitions of, of killing and whatever in like a giant auditorium and their names are pain and terror but they were voiced by Penn and Teller. So it was very like, it just, there's, there's all sorts of shit like that. I'm sitting, I'm listening to this guy. I'm like, fuck, I recognize his voice. I'm like, oh, that's Penn and Teller. And I, and this was long after they had been introduced and I wasn't paying attention to what their names were. So when I got to the end and they were like, oh, pain and terror, I was like, that's hilarious. So just fun stuff like that, where you're, you know, you can, you're playing, I think in tiny Tina's they had like the Murphs. So I'm in this sort of forest area and I've got all these little, little tiny blue guys that I'm killing called the Murphs. And there was Murfetta, 
Old Murph, which is supposed to be Papa Smurf, and then there was Gargle Snort or whatever instead of Gargamel. So the point is you're just shooting shit anyways, but instead of playing a Call and Duty game, Call and Duty, Call of Duty game where you're just running around shooting terrorists or whatever, brown people, which is horrific. I fucking hate that. But uh, yeah, Call of Duty where you're just running around killing nothing. This this actually has like some tongue-in-cheek humor and some funny stuff and pop culture references and stuff like that. So made the game fun. But it was clear that the that the game uh, started with the best of intentions and, and then it feels like they just rushed it. It didn't feel particularly, you know, fun or compelling, like from about the one third mark all the way to the end. It did have some, some really good voice talent. So for example, you guys wouldn't know the name, but there's this, the, the lead character, tiny Tina, who's a bit of a, a crazy person is voiced by someone who, who does a lot of big voice acting in, uh, in video games. I don't even know her last name, but it's Ashley something or other. She's uh, been the voice of Aloy in horizon zero dawn, or I should say, just say the horizon series. Cause there's several of the games. She played one of the voices in the last of us part two. So she's, she's in a, a lot of big games. Needless to say, there's a bunch of other good voice talent I couldn't tell you. However, uh, Wanda Sykes is one of the main characters in the game, and Will Arnett is the main, you know, antagonist who is is you know talking to you all the time. So, I mean, it's not like it's just some random thing. They got some big talent to do the game, but but it just it it fell short halfway through, where it's just like now I'm not even seeing the pop culture references. I'm just kind of shooting boring shit. I'm not enjoying myself. But I finished it. I'm like, I'm like, I'm, I started it. I'm going to finish it. And what was, what was, I guess this may have been part of it, but at the end of the game, there was this really cute note that came up at the end. So before they rolled credits, so to speak, they, they put up a note saying like here at Gearbox, we love, love making games and we love our fans. Sadly, this game, we made it almost entirely during the pandemic from home, you know, so we appreciate all of you that bought it and, you know, supported us during this time. And we really hope you enjoy it and that your family and friends have been safe and, you know, everyone you love, blah, 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 blah. So it was just a nice little kind of like, Hey, you know, this, this wasn't made, you know, with, with firing all, all cylinders, this was made, whatever. So I was like, ah, I'll give it a pass on that. But even still, you shouldn't, you should never use a situation to put out something that's mediocre. What about your podcast, Josh? Have that man killed. Whoever's asking no more questions. I would say the pandemic was over. That's got nothing to do with me, but, uh, anywho played it, finished it. And like I said, it was, I was, I was very excited for it when I saw it coming out, because like I said, everything that Gearbox has done. They're not breaking any new ground, but the art style's fun. It's kind of Mad Maxi, and and like I said, I I come for the humor and the 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 parody that they will do of a lot of pop culture stuff, and I just I found it early on in uh, in Wonderlands, and then and then it just sort of tapered off. In fact, it got to the point where they were doing so much like jokes, I couldn't play the game. You know, you'll, you'll get a, a quest giver. will tell you something, you'll finish the mission. You'll come back to turn it in. And when you, you know, when you, before you can click on it, they're, they're talking and they're, they're talking and they're trying to tell, trying to tell jokes. And I would say that their, their jokes are fine, but this is like talking, talking jokes, talking like kind of dad jokes. I'm like, just stop talking so I can turn this quest in. Like when they're done talking, I'll be able to hand in the item. So just shut the fuck up. But for anyone out there who's like, oh, I've, I've been thinking about getting that. Maybe not, maybe not. I think they think they could do better and whatever I finished it. Sorry. I'm, I'm getting some emails here. So I got this computer assembled. Okay. So let's move right on to that. But by that, I mean, and then some of the last things came, I've got them on for, for this coming week's podcast, but essentially the, the computer 
I, I built it. I put the arms on the desk. I configured them in such a way that they don't block the lamp, the, the mics for the podcast. I really, really started to get to, it, it takes a lot of cable management to keep this thing looking clear. So as much as you're like, you put two monitors on your desk, Hey, fuck you. I, I wired a ton of stuff up all the different like cords and things like that for my studio too. So I essentially wasn't just building monitors. I was building like an entire studio. So it took some, some different, you know, efforts and things like that to, to get everything working. And of course I was sick. So there's a lot of like me hiding down behind my best. I had to buy, I had to buy new, like, what do you call it? Power bars. I had to buy just because there wasn't enough room to plug in all these new things. Right now I have two, two monitors, a computer. Like I just didn't have enough stuff left to plug in uh, behind. I'm like, I'm also going to need a set of speakers, which was something I realized while I was putting everything together. When I first set up the computer, there was some issues with the monitors. So like they're both like HDR monitors. You can use them for gaming monitors. So I was like, okay. And I enabled HDR, but then one of the screens was like way more faded out than the other. And I'm like, I could have sworn the other one looked, ex I'm like, this is the exact same monitor. Why is one of them working? One of them not. So another one of those instances where I was back to Google, Googling a million things going, okay, why are my two monitors not the same? And it's like, if you want your monitors to match, I'm like, no, I'm not trying to mirror them. I'm wondering why one of them is more faded than the other. And I'm. I'm watching these videos of a guy who's got it plugged into his laptop. So he's like the single monitor he has externally is a little more faded, but it's like, you're trying to match one screen to a completely different one. I'm like, these are the exact same screens, blah, 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 blah. So eventually without the help of Google, I was able to turn off the HDR mode on, on the second screen and it, and it matched the other one again. So something about it going HDR will just fade out the colors. So sure. I'm not using it. Excuse me to the best of my abilities. It's, it's 11 o'clock in the morning. Why am I yawning? I'm not using it to the best of my, the best of its abilities, but at the end of the day, I just wanted to look good while I'm working on it. Right. And it's supposed to be just a utility monitor. So whatever, got that figured out, had to level everything. And, and when I set the computer up, I had to jump through a lot of hoops to just set everything back up, like sync all my stuff again, uh, because I used the, the iCloud so much, a lot of my stuff was just plug and play, you know, setting it back up logging into things. It was pretty straightforward. The only one that was a bit of a headache was actually getting all my different email addresses in, including contact at onemanpodcast.com. If you want to send me any emails, you can send it to that and I'll read them on the air. Yeah, I got them all set up, but there was like a, a Google address or whatever, or, or like my, my, it's weird because GoDaddy, who am I use for my hosting because they switched over to like a windows based one, like my Josh at Josh Williams comedy email address is somehow linked with like a hotmail address I had fucking 20 years ago, 25 years ago. And it, and like, was when I loaded it, it put the old address in, which was odd. I had to figure out kind of why that happened. So it's just, and this is all guys like this. I know it's not super fascinating, but just my week was sick in bed. And then when I tried to do something proactive, like I need to get my desk set up so I can start recording the podcasts again. I was just jumping through some of these particular, particular hoops. Also in front of me right now, speaking of Andrew, who had sent me the text message earlier, my Facebook feed is open in front of me. And I, I just, you know, sometimes I'll just randomly hit refresh. I don't scroll, but I, I hit refresh. Andrew is here. I'm not going to read his post. Excuse me again with the yawning, but he's saying somebody's terrible at keeping plants alive. So he's made a, a Lego botanical flower thing, which looks nice. It looks nice. I, 
Crystals has got a few Lego flower things as well. It is better than keeping real plants alive. There's an old Mitch Hedberg joke that is like, my fake plants died because I did not pretend to water them. But anyways, so yeah, I, I got the computer assembled. And again, once I started using it, I I sort of realized like, you, you take for granted some of the stuff that's in a laptop, I think, because as soon as I started using it, I went to go play and I was like, oh, these monitors, right? I've never really bought just a monitor. I, I don't think ever in my life because I've always had like iMacs and I think I had a monitor way back when I got my Sony Veo, like fuck, 25 years ago, 20 years ago. Anyways, it came with like the speakers and everything, right? So you buy a TV, like I bought surround systems and stuff, but the TV still has speakers. So it was odd. It was very, very odd to me when I'm, when I'm setting the thing up and I'm trying to like, you know, click on something that has audio and just nothing. I was like, what the fuck? And then you can finally tell the computer to like spit out little, little sound coming from the back of the actual computer box. I was like, well, that's not going to do. I'm going to need speakers. Well, Black Friday sales still on look around. Then I got myself a set of Logitech speakers and, and then again, trying to be like, well, I'm going to be doing, oh, I gotta, I gotta plug that guys. I gotta plug the, give me one second. I'm write it down. So I remember when I do it, do it uh, plug time, but I'll tell you about it in just one sec. Okay. Sorry about that. I just remember something that I wanted to make sure I plug and would love to have you guys on. So I realized that I'm going to be participating in the Codenames Holiday Bash. Codenames Live Holiday Bash. My buddy Tim Riel is the host of that. I've done it a few times now. It's always a lot of fun, but uh, of course, when assembling the computer and starting to do things together, I'm like, oh, I'm going to need a, you know, a camera. And again, I used to use the the camera on my laptop, but now that I've got a setup, I'm like, I'm going to need a webcam. So this, this computer stuff just keeps getting more and more expensive as, as you realize like, oh, there wasn't a, there's no speakers. There's no, you know, camera, there's no monitor, there's this and that. So I've probably gotten to the $2,000 mark now easily, but it was just in purchasing all the things that I, I need. So the setup is now, you know, at the, at the time of this recording, it is now complete. I think I was just waiting on a couple of things from this last, last, basically just the camera and the, and the speakers, but it's, we're getting there. We're getting there. I'm, I'm enjoying working at the spaces a lot easier. Now I have more room first off because there's no laptop anymore. I have more room to work directly in front of me. Like I don't have to put paperwork down in front of me. And then, like I said, I was talking about reaching to the back of the desk and I'm like, why was I reaching so much? It's because usually I would have paperwork or stuff in front of me. Couldn't hide that behind the laptop. So I'd have stuff in front of me and then the laptops pushed back to be able to work on that. And now it's just easier. The keyboard is pretty low profile. It's, it's literally just I just slide it around, get it out of the way, back to something, pull it back over, do a lot of stuff using just the mouse. So the only thing I think I may invest in is because sometimes there's a little bit of drag on the desk with the mouse is I might invest in one of those mouse pads. But if you know, if you could make a recommendation about what kind of mouse pad you would use, I, some people have like the entire you know, table down. I do eat at my desk. Sometimes I don't eat in my, again, I'm, I'm sort of in my, my one bedroom apartment or not even one bedroom. My, my, my bachelor apartment here, I've got my bedroom with my bed, my, my workstation, you know, my coffee station, my walk-in closet and my bathroom. And that's kind of just where I hide and I'm, I'm a recluse in here, but I do eat at my desk. And, and so I just, that would be the only thing with having like a, like a, a mouse pad is just like, if I got one of those full desk ones, I'm like, wouldn't that, that would get in the way, right? If you spill something on, it doesn't make it hard to clean or whatever, you know, anyways, that'd be the only consideration. So 
that computer's working, computer's uh, up and going, and and we're getting episodes recorded and things are dropping. So I'm I've I've bought everything that I need to buy for this computer, and for the love of God, please nothing else. I have everything. I've got the external hard drives, camera, monitors, arms, cords, Ethernet cables, speakers. Like what? Please nothing else. But if you can think of something that I may need for the computer that I haven't thought of, contact at onemanpodcast.com and, and you'll ruin my day. Like I said, I think the only thing left is maybe, maybe a mouse pad just to keep from, you know, the, the mouse dragging and scratching. That's the only thing I can think of. All right. Onward and upward. So I got a tune in my head. Sorry. I had to pause you guys for a second there. Answer some uh, messages. I did, uh, I did go back for the rest of the week with Santa Claus stuff. I ended up back there Thursday and Friday and. And I got to tell you, there was like a super dead day and a super busy day. And I think, I think it's just that I'm going to, I like it better when it's quiet. The day goes faster when it's busier, but it's just so much to manage. I started actually just to make sure that I wasn't so like loopy. I started taking my Adderall again and I am not prescribed Adderall for daily usage. It's, you know, my doctor's super good dude. And when I first asked him, he, I told him like I was diagnosed with ADD when I was a kid. They didn't even have an H then. Hadn't even, it hadn't even upgraded. Hadn't even leveled up to a, to a DHD or whatever. <laughs> There's no H. It was just ADD. Your attention had a deficit and that was a disorder. But then hyperactivity. I don't understand how, like I've seen people completely fucking, you know, distracted mentally without being hyperactive. In fact, I think I'm only hyperactive when I'm talking, but I've had lots of things where someone's talking to me and I get distracted. My, my energy level isn't particularly low. So I don't think ADHD is the only, I think ADD can still be a thing, right? If we're talking about kids or whatever. Anyways, I don't want to get too sidetracked. Point being is that, you know, I told my doctor I was, I was diagnosed with ADD when I was young. And I said, I've also got some friends who have ADD and they said that they've, they've, gone through a bunch of different tests and tried some different ones. And I said that a bunch of them have mentioned that Adderall works for them. And I said, I don't feel like it's something that I would need all the time, but then I do have things that, you know, I have days where I get particularly anxious because I'm like, I know I have a million things. Like when I was on the Sheeran tour, we had so much shit to coordinate. And so like on a day where I'm like, I know we have so much stuff and there's so much money and, and stuff riding on my performance. I'm like that I, I could really use the extra help on days like that to stay focused and in the pocket of what I'm doing. And I said to my doctor, I'm like, would you be willing to let me try Adderall and see if it helps? Like just on a PRN basis, which for anyone who doesn't know, PRN is like an as needed. If you ever get that code or told that from like a pharmacist or something, it just means it's like an as needed. So my doctor was cool with that. But with these days at the mall with, you know, the, the ebbs and flows of like busy times, not busy times, busy times, not busy times. I try to, I try to get you know, I'd like to stay a little more focused. And then because I'm getting ready to leave, to go to London, Ontario for a week, you know, I, I want to make sure that I've got everything done here, that I'm prepped for that because, you know, I'm, I'm running an event. I'm running an event out of town. I'm, you know, I want to do a good job. I'm just, there's a lot I've, I've got going on right now. So I want to make sure that I'm just, I'm not missing anything that's important. So I started taking that again. And I just noticed that like a lot more mellow. You know, I was always, when I was young, worried about taking like, you know, brain chemistry, altering stuff. I didn't even like taking sleeping pills. I didn't like the idea that you'd like take a pill that would just fucking shut you down. You know what I mean? I think something that makes me very anxious a lot is just the idea of like losing control of my mind. I think that's also another reason that I don't like pot. 
There's no judgment. Again, like I wish it worked for me. It seems to be cheaper and more natural than a lot of other vices. If I could just smoke pot and enjoy what I was doing at home, I wouldn't have to fucking spend money on on food and games and shit like that to to distract me. But but the thing with pot is that almost every single time I smoke, I it affects my body in ways that I don't kind of I mean, I understand, but I don't like, I don't like how it comes on slowly when you do edibles. I tried a couple little, like two, I, 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 four milligrams of like some dots thing. And then I was like cooking a meal a few weeks ago. And then just all of a sudden I'm just like, I feel it coming on. I was like, oh, for fuck's sake, really like this. I thought it would, if anything, it would just like maybe be a slight painkiller, but I'm like, nope. Now I'm starting to feel that sort of like odd disoriented feeling in my head, a little bit of like off balance. What I really don't like is when I smoke pot and then my thoughts are all over the place. Like I feel like I've gone on an adventure and I'm just laying in bed, staring at the ceiling. Like, I guess alcohol always worked for me because, you know, it's fair to say like it lowers inhibitions and, you know, liquid courage and all that other stuff, but I've never lost control of like my thoughts or, or my presence. Like I'm still centered on alcohol, which, which makes sense. I generally speaking, I lose my motor skills more. So, you know, starts to learn my speech or whatever, but at least I I'm present and I know what's happening. I'm like, I'm drunk, but with pot, like it's, it's just so fucking weird for me that. I, I, it just doesn't work. It just doesn't, it doesn't work. I don't like losing control of my, of my thoughts. So I was always like, I don't want anything that like alters my brain chemistry. I was, I was concerned about antidepressants because I, I have been like, I've learned I'm an anxious person. And if I've, I'm sure I've talked about it before, but I'm going to, I'm going to dip into it for a second right now is I used to always think that anxiety was like, you're this person who's just like, like always scared and panic attacks and things like that. You know what I mean? And so I don't feel particularly scared or horrified, but when I do things like there's always like, okay, like what could happen? Like I got to cover all my bases, right? And my experience in life has been that when I'm not like, like that old saying, right? Failure to prepare is preparing to fail. And I've always been the kind of person that like, you know, I could prepare, you know, what's needed, but then a bunch of things that were completely unforeseen will happen. I could tell people stories of where someone's like, oh, you know, can you do this thing? And I was like, well, what happens if this happens? They go, that never happens. It happens like once a year. So don't worry, it's not going to happen. And then it'll happen three times to me over the span of two days. Like I just, I, I, you know, some people say, well, it's a perspective that the universe has cursed you. I'm not saying the universe has cursed me. I just seem to be some sort of jinx where whatever the thing is that never happens, it's going to happen to me. So I have to know how to prepare for it. But in preparing for everything, like, right, that's where the anxiousness comes from. It's like, okay, I'm going to be doing this thing. I've never done it before. Do I have this? Do I have that? Do I have this? What if this happens? What's my backup for this? Like you have to be prepared. It's one of the reasons that a lot of these companies have chosen to put me in, in managerial and leadership roles for things, because as much as they don't realize, like I'm anxious and that's why I'm overprepared. It's just like when shit happens, Josh usually has a solution for it. And the only reason is because I've spent so much time fucking stressing and worrying about it and then preparing for essentially every different outcome that can happen. But some people don't do that. They're just like, ah, oh, we'll do the thing. They told us how to do it and we're good. And then something happens like, I don't know, what do I do? It's like, well, you didn't, you didn't prepare for it. So my anxiety has always been, and it's getting worse over the years. I'm noticing it. Like it's getting worse and worse that, that, that I'm more and more like prepared because as, as I get older, the, the result of my failure is, is 
larger. I, I want to say like the, the, not, there's a word on the, not circumstances, whatever the, the repercussions of me making a mistake are larger when you're, when you're handling a, you know, multi-million dollar tour, if you fuck something up, like, it's not like whoopsies. Hey, sorry about that. It's like, no, this whole thing isn't working now because you forgot to pick X, Y, and Z up from home Depot. You know what I mean? Like literally when people refer to the old saying is like, oh, that's the linchpin that brought the whole thing down. Well, I was working with fucking linchpins. <laughs> so our whole tent, you know, if we're missing one thing may not, may not go up, but it's like that with a lot of things. You know what I mean? Like y you have to be prepared for what can happen. And that's to me, what I've learned my anxiety is, is I'm not somebody who's like, f like laying in the fetal position panicking, but my, my exacerbated way of speaking sometimes is because I'm, I'm like, okay, well, what if we, what do we do if this happens? They're like, Hey, relax, relax. Everything's fine. It's like, no, I get that. But what if it's not? I mean, I was, we, like, I'll even say them like last year we did exactly the same thing and this happened and we had to deal with it. They're like, yeah, well, we'll figure it out when it happens. I'm like, is it, is it not just possible to be prepared? Like why? Anyways, whatever. The point being is that with the Adderall for anyone else who may be in the same situation, me like, is like, Oh, like, what do I, what do I do when I take brain altering chemicals? I, I remember, I remember talking to my doctor about anti, like he was saying like, Oh, antidepressants or whatever. And I was like, well, I'm like, can I take like anti-anxiety? Like I'm not, I don't really feel like depressed, but I do feel like anxious. And he's like, honestly, anti-depression, anti-anxiety meds, they're the same thing. I was like, ah, oh, for fuck's sake. So when I took, when I took, it's, it's odd. It's odd. I've never really talked about this before. I should probably save it for one of the episodes back when it was happening because those ones will be empty. But I, I remember when I finally like got like, like we took one med and I was taking like just basically like the lowest dose of it because I'm like, I don't want to just fucking become numb. I remember talking to somebody else who was on antidepressants for a long time and they were saying, I just felt numb all the time. And I was like, I, I was worried that, that the, the, the drugs would affect whatever it is in my brain that made me funny. Like my whole way of taking a stressful situation and coping it with, with it, with humor, right. Disarming it with humor or just like breaking it down with humor. I was worried that being on a brain chemical altering drug would affect my, my funny. That's the truth. And I was really hesitant to do it. So I tried it like the lowest dose and I can't, like, it's tough because when I, I was going through a lot of stressful stuff on a tour and whatnot at the times years ago, a couple of years ago, anyways. And when I finally got the prescription and then started taking it, like all that stuff was over. And so my doctor's like, so how's the, how are the meds working? I go, it's, it's hard to say, like, I'm a lot less stressed out, but all of the stressors are gone too. So like, is it the drugs or is it the, you know, or is it that, that I'm just those, those particular stimuli were gone, right? Like a lot of people on antidepressants, like their life is the same. Mine, it's different shit all the time. So it's, it's really hard to pinpoint whether the drugs were working or not. But one thing that it was doing is I say it made my dick not work, but that's not true. I would, I could still get an erection, no problem. And I got to say like, this is, this is no humble brag. I, I'm not saying this for any kind of flex. It's just sincerity. Like my, my other two roommates back when I lived at Jay's both took Viagra and they were like, like Jay was taking Viagra since he was 40. And you know, the way they explained it to me is they're like, yeah, like you just, you just, you just, it's harder to get hard. You can't get hard. I'm, I'm not in great shape. 
And apparently that affects libido or whatever, but I, I have no problem achieving, achieving. It's a goal that I've set. I have no problem achieving an erection, <laughs> getting had. That's what I, I got. No problem getting had, which is great. I think, right. I'm 40 and there's still no issue with that. Very, very happy about that. I've never, I've never, I don't think I can ever remember a time where I've tried to get hard and wasn't able to, you know what I mean? But couldn't come. Couldn't come. So I referred to my, I said to my doctor, I'm like, well, I can, like, I can get, I can get it up because he was saying like, oh yeah, some people have a hard time like getting up. I'm like, no, 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 I can, I'm still aroused and I can still get it up, but I can't cross the finish line, let's say. And, and it was, it was really tough. It was really tough because, you know, when you're in a relationship and it, well, I guess it depends on the type of relationship, but in all fairness, like if, you know, Crystal and I were being intimate and I couldn't come you know, especially when I'd had been able to several times before, right? At first we weren't like, oh, is this the pills? Like, you're just like, why can't you come? You know what I mean? And I, and I think I know a lot of guys who would agree that like when you're in your head, it, it doesn't make it easy to come. Like you kind of got to be in the moment. You got to be into it. That's how, you know, you, you get excited and you finish. But, you know, so essentially like, you know, the first time it doesn't happen, it's like, oh, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't know why I can't, you know? And then, you know, it's kind of like, okay, look, it's not you. It's not a thing. I just can't. And then the next time you can't again. And it's like, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. Like, I'm sorry. It's not, it really isn't you. I don't know why I can't like, I'm, I'm you know, and then the, the third time you're like, fuck, I really better come this time because she's going to get upset. Like I'm not into her or whatever. And you know, then you start getting in your, in your head, like, oh, I better come. Like, this is, this is the same reason why being a porn star isn't something that you want to do, taking something you love and making it a job because you got people standing over you. Okay. Get hard, get hard. Okay. Fucker, 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 fucker. Okay. Flip her over, flip her over. Okay. Come, 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 dude, dude, come on. We got more shit to come, come, come. Like you're, that's not the environment to, to, you know, finish in. And it's also when you're like, oh, I better come or my partner's going to be pissed off again. Like, like stress coming. I've talked to friends who are trying to get pregnant. They're like, it's not fun when you're on a fuck schedule. Like it's just, you're taking all of the spontaneity and the passion and shit like that out of it. So for a while, I was like, I don't know if I'm just more chill. Like, I wasn't chill ever. I just was not as stressed out as I was. But like I said, those external stimulus things were gone. So I don't know. I don't know if the pill was doing what it was supposed to be doing to my stress and anxiety. But I can tell you it was making it so I couldn't come. And the same is true. was true like when I was solo. You know what I mean? When I was a one-man band. I, I still couldn't, couldn't cross the finish line or it would take infinitely more work than, than it, you know, normally would. So it was just like, it was just way fucking harder to come. So I eventually got off of them. I already, and I tried different pills and, but the, this, the, the, the way it affected my libido was the same. So I was just like, okay, but all of that is to say, like, I'm just I'm a big, long side fucking road down to say that, like, I started taking the Adderall again. I take it up here and it does not seem to affect my libido because it's not, uh, it's not like a an antidepressant. It's a fucking amphetamine that, that kind of gets you dialed in. I'm on one right now, as a matter of fact, but just got a lot of shit to do before I, before I leave. But I started taking that again and it's sort of dialed me into getting shit done. And again, watching, like I, I watched a documentary some time ago, so called like take your pills or take your medicine or something. And it was about like, like Adderall and things like that. But I think it was more about people who were taking it because they wanted to study hard. Like, so I know that and I even told my doctor, like I gave, I gave Crystal one or two of them a very, very long time ago. And I told her to like, check with your doctor first. Cause I don't want to give you something that's going to hurt you. But she would, she would take one or, or, you know, not two, ne never two, but I said, gave her one or two. And I think when she took them, 
you know, different days, she's like, I get so much done because it's like for her, it dials her right in. Like, you know, I've talked to other comedians and and performers, musicians, things like that, that I know that are like, when I want to do a day of writing, I'll take an Adderall and it just fucking dials me in and I get so much done. For me, it just really stops the, or I should say severely lessens the channel changing in my brain. So when I've got a big list of stuff to do, I've, I've, I've taken to making lists in the last couple of years. I have to, because all the things I need to do, it's so hard to remember all of them. So I'll make a list, but when I'm doing stuff without Adderall, it's like, it's like, you know, I'm going to put in something way in the desk. I'm like, oh yeah, those papers. Yeah. I got to print that thing from so-and-so fuck. I need to shave. I've, it's been a minute since I've shaved, you know, I got to throw the laundry on while no one's doing laundry. And it's just like, you're just doing all these tasks and you're constantly bouncing around to different rooms, doing different things. Whereas with the Adderall, I'm able to go like just do this one thing right now. Everything else be damned. Do it. Okay. On to the next one. Like the, the other thoughts still come into the head, but it's less urgent. I think that's the only way I can describe like sort of the ADD scatterbrainness is that when the other thought of something you have to do comes in, it comes in with such urgency and immediacy that you're like, I gotta go do that right now. You know what I mean? Because you're, it's almost like it's just haranguing you. I'm getting a, a call here. I don't know. My buddy calling, but I guess I've I guess we've only ever chatted via like Facebook or whatever. So it's funny that you get like a call. I'm like, what the fuck number is this? I don't know that name. Yeah. Anyways. So the, the, the immediacy, the urgency of, of, of all the things that come I'm able to do. I, again, I've probably gone back like three minutes from what I was talking about before, but I'm, I'm certainly enjoying being able to focus on tasks and getting more done. And that's going to help with you know, writing and, and podcasting and, and all the different content creation and stuff like that, that I, I've been putting off because I've been so fucking scatterbrained. So now the, I've, the computer's here. I've got the tool. I've got no excuse on that. The focus, right. We're, we're, we're medicating again, you guys. So that shouldn't be an issue. And I think that's, I think that's about it for, for that particular stuff. I did, what do we got here? We got a few things. Sorry, guys, I'm, I, I do apologize. I'm like, I'm sitting here talking about how Adderall makes me not scatterbrain, but I am still susceptible to a bunch of messages and phone calls coming in, which is very distracting. Was the thing just auto-updating? I was talking earlier about my Facebook feed keeps refreshing. I'm like, I must be clicking it. I'm not. I just sat here and watched it refresh itself. Yo, while I'm thinking of it, big shout out to my buddy, Dave Merhaj, who was on the show, Rami. But I just saw a trailer yesterday. So Dave is a guy, Toronto comic, good friend of mine. We've worked together many times. Dave was on a show. He's lived in the States for some time now. Great dude. He was on a show called Rami. It was, you know, I, I don't even know a lot about it, but it has like, you know, Middle Eastern cast. And I believe it's about like the struggles of trying to be like Muslim in, in you know, North, Northwestern society or North American society. And that's a, that's a, that's a super ignorant synopsis, but that's kind of what I've gathered from all of the clips and things that I've seen of it. And, but anyways, Dave was great in the show. Dave's a great comic. And I just saw a trailer last night for a movie where Dave is, is one of the two leads. He is opposite Daisy Ridley, who played that Ray, Ray in the, the, the Star Wars movies. So I got nothing against Daisy Ridley. Those movies are garbage, but it's not because of her performance. But my my boy is opposite someone who's in fucking star, like a lead in Star Wars. You know what I mean? So he's he's doing really good. He's making it. I'm I'm very, very happy. Couldn't be happier for my buddy Dave Merhaj. I'm I'm happy to see anybody win. My buddy Nathan McIntosh is on all the fucking late night shows. He's killing it. I I love K Trevor Wilson on Letter Kenny and all the fucking wonderful things K Trev does. There's, I got a, I got a handful of guys that I love to death. I don't get to see enough, but seeing them succeed makes me so happy. 
You know what I mean? I love seeing it when the industry gets it right. You know what I mean? Like you got these guys like Matt Reif and I won't go into it. Okay. But you got these guys like Matt Reif who I don't know him personally. He might be a nice guy. I've watched his stand up. I dislike it or, or, or as the industry term is, it's not for me. And I, I see all of the success of him and I'm like, he's successful because he's pretty and women think he's pretty. They're like, oh, Matt Reif's hilarious. If you say so, but I can see women laughing at him because they want to fuck him. I'm like, Lord knows guys have pretended that women are funny and interesting to, in order to have sex with them. So turnabout's fair play, but I just, it's nice when the industry gets it right and they prop up people who are legitimately funny, who are legitimately, you know, good people love to see it. So just as, as I was referencing before that, my, my Facebook, you know, keeps refreshing itself. I just right at the top of the page was, was, was a promo for a Dave Merhouse show. And I was like, Hey, let's give him a little plug, a little shout out to D Merhige. Little sip of the coffee there back at her. What else can I tell you guys? What else can I tell you to bore the pants off you? We're having all my Sharpies. There they are. I did, I did a Rona gig, which wasn't anything super, super special. It's Rona's like Home Depot. I don't believe they have them in the States, but Rona, there was Rona, there's Lowe's, which I do believe is in the States. And then Home Depot, those are like your big kind of like uh, home improvement stores. Uh, there's Canadian Tire, but it's not quite to the extent. It's more of like the perifs and tools, but not so much like, you know, I don't think you can go into Canadian Tire and buy big, long sections of pipe or lumber or anything like that. I digress. Rona was purchased by Lowe's a few years ago and they decided to keep it as a Rona brand and not Lowe's. And then Lowe's apparently sold Rona for nothing. So they, 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 like all the Lowe's turned into, to Rona pluses, they called them. And then they decided to sell the whole brand and exit Canada. So the activation that we were doing was to encourage people to sign up for like Rona plus programs and, and scan a, a QR code to be entered into our black Friday giveaway. Nothing super special, but uh, Amanda and I, my co my colleague through the Santa Claus program, she was working it with me and we, we arrived at the address that we were given and it turned out it was the wrong address. We unpacked all the stuff we were doing, like cookies and coffee at a station. So just like a welcome, Hey, happy black Friday, whatever. And uh, we arrived, we unpacked everything. And then the uh, store manager was like, yeah, I don't think you guys are the right, like, right location. We're like, well, we're at the one that says here. And he's like, yeah, that's us. But the Rona is down the street. It's a Rona plus. So we, we packed everything back in the car, unpacked it a second time, set it all up. It was very quiet early morning. It started to get a little bit is, uh, easier, but really all we were doing was just, Hey, scan this, whatever it was a day. The fun part though, was there were some great employees there. So I wanted to shout out uh, Paul, the GM, Frank and Rocco in the appliance section. Cause it was, a, it was to help push sort of, you know, people signing up for the thing and then winning some money for like an appliance shopping spree. But Frank was a great dude. He actually knows some of my comedy friends, uh, Frank Spadone and some others, Angelo Sarukas, but, but Frank was very, very good guy. Very, very helpful because we were wearing Rona shirts. We kept getting asked questions about the store and we were like, sadly, we're just here as guests to, to give you cookies and coffee and tell you about this promo, you know, but, but Frank was always good to kind of help us out. If somebody was like, had a question, he'd come over and make sure we didn't, you know, when someone's like, well, you're wearing, you're wearing a Rona shirt again, we're, we're here as guests, we're promoting, we're from the marketing department, blah, 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 blah. But, uh, but Frank was helpful. And then Rocco was, Rocco was that guy, the one who, who you know, he's telling jokes all day long, trying to be funny. This is before he even knew I was a comedian. And then, you know, he's that guy who's like, oh, he's the real, the real cut up who really isn't. So again, nice guys, you know, that nice, that, that, that unfunny guy at your office who thinks he's a hoot. They're still nice people. They just don't realize that like, they're not that funny. 
you know, Hey man, if you want to be funny, go get on stage, you know, prove it. And I, and I, Oh man, what a dream crusher to like, get on stage, find out you're not really as funny as you think you are. And then have to go back to your job and be like, that's all I had. I was the funny guy at work. At least I thought I was. I'm so glad that that didn't happen to me, you know, making people laugh all through school and all the jobs I had and everything like that, just to get on stage and find out you're not funny. That would have been brutal. <laughs> and I don't wish that on anybody else, but it's almost like, I don't know. Is it the same as like having an old person talk to you in a, in a returns line where they're just yakking at you and you're like, you're not funny. You're not entertaining. Like you're just, you're, you're handcuffing me to this conversation, you know? Anyways, I don't know. You tell me contact at one man That's the email contact at one man And you tell me if you think it's better that these guys get on stage, find out that they're not funny and then stop doing it. Right. But then maybe that's all they had. You know, do we have to listen to their shitty jokes just to give them a reason to live? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it'll set them on the right path. Maybe they'll start to heal whatever it is that makes them crave attention. Maybe if they realize that they're, they're funny, isn't the thing. Maybe it's the first step in healing, right? They say you got to hit rock bottom. You know, maybe some will hit rock bottom and then kill themselves. I don't want that. But at the end of the day, <laughs> at the end of the day, do we all have to listen to their shit? I did. <laughs> I, I sound like a horrible piece of shit. You know what I did this last week, guys on like, I think it was like on Friday or whatever. I signed up for the dating apps. I sound a little more upbeat today, but, uh, I was talking in the last episode about how like lonely I've been, you know, it's the holiday season. I don't have my partner. It's, it's just sad, you know, this time of year. So I was like, you know what? Like I, I know in my heart and I'm telling you guys right now, because I love you and I'm always honest with you is that I'm not ready to, to start a new relationship. I'm really not. There's a ton of stuff. Like I'm, I'm in a, I got enough turmoil going on in my own life right now that it would be unfair. Like. I know there's like the, the, the sexual aspect, you know, I'm human, I'm male, I get horny, like, and I definitely want to stick it to somebody. Isn't that a gentlemanly way of saying it? No, I did it deliberately, but I'm saying that like, I, I miss the physical, you know, aspect of, of, of a relationship, but I also miss just that person there to like have, and I'm, I'm very, I have, I have a lot of great friends and I'm super grateful for them, but there's just that whole, like, you know, having that person, you come home, they tell you about their day, you tell them about yours you know, just that, that, that actual genuine connection. And I, I'm so apprehensive about just like where I'm at with things that like, I don't feel like I'm a great fit for anybody right now. So it's kind of like, I don't want to, I don't really want to subject anyone to, to hear me. And I also like, I'll tell you guys about the story on the next episode, but like I had, I'll tell you about all of it in the next episode. But what I did do is I signed up for for Tinder, for Bumble, for Hinge, and for Plenty of Fish. And I'm, I'm, I don't, I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to use them. I just, I, I, I definitely used it as a, like, look at what's out there. It was almost like, you know how people tell you, oh, there's plenty of fish in the sea, hence the name of that particular app. But it's just like, hey, there's, there's somebody out there that you'll find someone else. Like, I think just, just looking to see that like, hey, look, there's a lot of people out there and like, you know, maybe someday you'll find somebody just as a positive, because I really don't want to talk to anybody. I don't want to be, you know, outward Josh, like, hey, this is me. Yeah. I'm a wacky, crazy guy. Like. Or, and I don't want to be like, Hey, I'm vulnerable, whatever. Like, Oh my God, what is, what are you talking about? I, I didn't come here for you to be your therapist. Like, okay, well, what do you want? Like, I don't want to be somebody else. I just want to be me. Can I just meet somebody organically and be like, I'm glad that we connect, 
you know, and I also need to start taking better care of myself, right? Like I want to present the best possible version of myself because I want whomever I'm with to present me the best possible version of themselves. Right. And, and how do you, how do you expect to get it if you ain't giving her? So I downloaded them and I think it was just a therapeutic way of seeing, but like, I I'll, I'll let you know what the results, what the results were like on the next episode. I did do, I did, uh, I did do a show. Let's, uh, let's talk about that real quick. I did a show at the Rito Carlton Raceway. It was a show for the VIP customers. So apparently, you know, if you spend a shitload of money at the, the Rito Carlton Raceway future home of hard rock, you, you, you get like this list, like you get points effectively and you can use your points to purchase different things. And one of the things that they, you know, had was, was a comedy night that they were going to do for their, for their VIPs, right? Exclusivity. And I was looking forward to the show. I had to come directly from the Santa Claus gig. So flying across the, despite the fact that I live down the street from it on this particular date, I'm coming from work. So I didn't get to make use of that particular benefit. So I, I flew there, got in, checked in with security, all this stuff went up and then found it. it was like, it was like a room that they do. Like it was more of like a music venue than like, like, like a lounge. So we were up on like a, a stage that has like the big metal you know, rock scaffolding, the spotlights were kind of like, you, you couldn't really see the crowd. So I got there early, said hi to Jason and Julian Dion is a great comic. Kamar and Michael Friedman did the, did the other spots on the show. And it was, it wasn't a great show. Like the show, the, 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 the guys and the comics were, were good, but it was a lot of people who were like, just kind of blowing points. You could tell that like, this was something free that they got. It wasn't a very expensive show for them to like use points on. You know what I mean? It would be like, it'd be like the equivalent of getting a free show because you bought, you know, a $20 bottle of booze at, at the liquor store, you know, like the points that you would earn on your air miles and that managed to get your free comedy show. So it's like the points you spend were worth less than the cost of the show, but it was supposed to be for the VIPs. Anyways, whenever you don't spend really any money on something, it becomes less valuable to you. And of course, to all of the high rollers who may have really liked it, they're like, that seems super cheap for a show. That's probably gonna be garbage. Something, who knows? So anyways, we, we went there. The, the event people were great. Like the show wasn't set up to fail by any means, but it was just, sometimes you do shows where, you know, it's like free or whatever. And they just, they're just not as invested. And by that, I mean, like they were drinking and you could hear them chatting and talking in the back and they just weren't super into it. The audience's heads were below my feet. So normally in stand up, like the stage is raised like a foot. Everyone can see you. But when you're talking to someone, you're just slightly looking down at them as opposed to like, like looking straight down past. Like I had to walk to the edge of the stage and look down at the tables, like into a pit. And because of the lighting and everything, it was like so black. And there was just like this, like mist haze through the lights that you could barely see even the people in the very front. So, and because it was high ceilings when they're laughing, you don't really hear it from the stage. Like that's why comedy clubs have, have low ceilings. So the, the, the laughter and the sound can reflect in. So the sound travels in a room like that. They, you know, when you laugh, your head tends to go back, you laugh up, it goes up into the rafters and, and never comes back to the stage where we can hear it feed off of it and, and be reinvigorated by it. So a show like that, you're just telling jokes. You, you could see a couple of people in the front row smile, but you can't even really hear You can hear a little chuckle, but not much. And then you're like, okay, well, this isn't going well. And it, and it really saps your energy. So everyone on the show did fine, but you could tell we were all kind of like feeling that, that vibe of like, okay, they're just not, not as into it as a, a group of people who decided to spend their Friday night, 
you know, going out to a, a comedy show and paying for the tickets and all that stuff. So it reminded me of like the old tailgater days when I was very, very new and we did a Tuesday night show at Absolute at Tailgaters, very, very similar to that. But at that, and that point too, I was honestly like, I was like blowing my nose, like, like off stage and still hacking stuff up, like coughing. She's like, why are you coughing? I'm like, cause I was getting over being sick. What do you think? Like, I'm just doing it like ironically or something. Like it's like a hipster thing. Like I just had a little cough to my act. What do you think? You think it's making me more relatable to these old people? It was a lot of old people too. A lot of blue hairs in the audience. So that's the thing too, right? The high rollers are all these old people blow their, their pensions at the, the slots. Anyways, I. I decided to get some advent calendars for the kids. I'm not going to be spending a lot of money on Christmas presents with the family or whatever this year because we're broken up. We're still roommates, but I'm like, I want them to know that I, I care about them. I'm thinking of them. So because it's going to be seemingly our last Christmas together, I decided I'd get them advent calendars, something special that they can enjoy every day of December, especially since I'm like never here, just a little way for them to feel like, ah, oh, you know, he thinks of us, still cares about us. So I got, I was looking around online, not just Amazon, but everywhere. And I was like, I didn't know what to get crystal. She, you know, she likes tea, but I got her like a David's tea one several times. Last year I got her the, the, the lush box that was like over 300 bucks, but it had like bath bombs and all these things. And it wasn't worth it. They actually didn't give you a lot of exclusives in it. So this year I'm like, I'm trying to think of something. And, and as I was like looking through advent calendar ideas, I found something that I, that I thought would work well for her. And, and it was a little wistful. It was like this, this thing from around the world. So every single day you open up a, a thing and it's like an arts or crafts, a small arts and crafts project and themed for a particular country in the world. So I said, like, I gave it to her and I was like, well, this is, well, I haven't given it to her yet. Okay. This podcast is for November 29th. So I ordered it at this point, but essentially the, the thought behind it was, you know, because we're, this is our last Christmas together and we're, we're not going to be able to see the world together. Like I once thought I wanted to give you something where every day you'd get a little experience from a different country, you know, and then you can, you can do it, you can do the activity and you can show me. So like, I'll be able to see at least some different stuff, you know, for that. That was the thought behind it with Brooke. Brooke loves Lego, but all the Lego advent calendars were just like, here's a little Lego figurine and you put them on this placemat and it's like a scene. It was stupid. You don't do anything. You just take it out and you look at it and put it down. It's for like little kids. And I didn't see any big Lego ones that were worth assault either. Like, so Lego's stupid expensive, but I did find while I was working, there's this toy store called Imaginaire at uh, Rito Center. And they had this thing. I can't even remember what they're called, like cross pieces or, or, or H blocks or something like that. And essentially all of the pieces are exactly the same like the same shape, but the way that you put them together makes it a little figure. So these H pieces were actually like pretty interesting to put together. And every single day you put like, you'd make like a reindeer or a sleigh or Santa or a tree or whatever it is. And then of course, at the end, it can make a scene if you like, but the whole idea is that it's every single day you make a little thing and it's a fun little build. So, you know, I knew Brooke would like that. Brooke's into birds. I looked all over the web to see if there was any kind of like bird themed advent calendars. Brooke's into motorcycles and no motorcycle themed stuff. So I, I looked and I looked and I looked. For Michaela, I looked for a lot of different things for her. She's really into baking. I tried to find baking advent calendars. And the only thing like baking advent calendar I could find was a book, which wasn't an advent calendar. And it was like, each day bake a different Christmas thing and we'll give you the recipes. I'm like, yeah, but I want her to open it up and have all the, you know, flowers and chocolate chips and stuff that you need to make, whatever the thing is, not a book that just tells you to go out and buy shit on your own. Like that was stupid. There really wasn't anything like that at all. There was ones where like every day you open it up and it's like a cookie, some, something baked, but it was like stupid expensive. And they only did like 12 days. Can I just say that like, ha like 12 day or 15 day, like not full 24 day advent calendars are horseshit. I've seen, I've seen 24 calendar day 
advent calendar is like 300 bucks. So if your thing is expensive, you just charge more for it and you give somebody every day. I don't get the whole 12 day one. If you do send me an email, contact at one man podcast.com. Tell me what the fucking deal is with these stupid one day things that make no sense to me or not one day, 12 days. Sorry. Um, I'm just mindful of the time and stuff. I gotta get my ass going. But uh, so I, I looked for, for other stuff and, and sadly I did find something that I thought would be really good. They had this Taylor Swift eras tour advent calendar where like every day you open it up and it'd be like earrings or a bracelet or a charm or, you know, Christmas decoration. And each one was themed after like a different song that she's playing on her eras tour. Now her dad told her that he would buy her tickets to Taylor Swift this year. And I don't think he knew how hard to get they were. So when I was talking to Michaela, she's like, oh, dad said he's going to buy me tickets to Taylor Swift. And I was like, oh yeah. She's like, yeah, they go on sale on like Wednesday. So he said he picked them up on the weekend. And I was like, oh, that's, that's not going to happen. I go, you should, you should tell him to be in front of the computer when they launch. Cause it's almost impossible to get them. Anyways, he didn't get them shocker. And, and of course she was disappointed. So I thought like, well, if she got this eras to her advent calendar, at least it would be kind of like, Hey, you know, just, you didn't get to make it to the the, the concert, but here's, here's something from, you know, Taylor Swift errors, whatever. So I, I was like, fucking awesome. Put it in the cart, whatever I go to check out. And I see that it says the delivery date on this thing is between December 18th and January 10th. So cart before the horse entirely, like this thing's going to get delivered when the season's over. So I was like, well, that's stupid. I can't do that. So anyways, I, I had to go back to the drawing board. Now she's a big fan of nightmare before Christmas. And I found a nightmare before Christmas advent calendar. It's not as, it's not as good as I would like to, to have been, but essentially it's like a pop-up book with a Christmas tree. And every day you open a different ornament from nightmare on your nightmare on the street, nightmare before Christmas. And you put it on the tree, the top of the tree, the star is the moon with the little curly thing and Jack standing on it. So just, you know, an iconic scene from the thing. I was disappointed. Like like I, I really worked hard to find an advent calendar to people's needs and, and desires and hobbies. And I think crystals is the only one that I'm like happy with, but how do you guys do it? Do you guys get advent calendars? You know, do you, do you find a different one every year or do you just buy them a chocolate one? And that's that, like, again, I'm, I'm throwing the podcast address so much of it. Contact at one man podcast.com. Tell me what you do for your kids and your family. You know what I mean? Like, how do you, what's, how do you shop every year for that? Do you do the same thing? Do you even do advent calendars? Like, how do you, how do you get through this? Cause I was, I was like, it's my last one. I want to do it right. And I just felt so, I just felt so deflated. I spent a, I've spent more time this year trying to find the right advent calendar. And just like, I, I think I'm more let down than I've been in the past. So Anywho, that was the advent calendar thing. And then finally, I'm just going to tell you guys very briefly about a movie that I watched called Violent Night. I kind of wanted to see it in the theaters, but you know, with everything that was going on when it was out, it was hard to, but that's the movie where David Arbor plays Santa Claus and, you know, a little girl and her family are being held captive in their home on, on Christmas Eve. And, you know, a little girl makes her Christmas wish to like be saved and Santa, Santa hears her and comes to save her. That's how the trailer has it set up. And then of course, it's basically like John Wick or Mr. Nobody where they're, you know, he's beating the absolute bejesus out of, out of criminals. So it's, it is in fact violent and there's some pretty intense deaths, but the, the, the trailer made it look like it's Santa showing up to answer her plea and to, to save Christmas. There's a lot of, you know, a lot of funny little throwaway lines like, oh, it's time for some seasons beatings, like shit like that. So I, I, I did enjoy some of the fights in Survivor. However, in watching the movie, it had almost more of a Hancock vibe to it. So Santa 
is disenfranchised with Christmas. He doesn't really give a shit. So he's doing the job, but he doesn't care. You know, he really doesn't give a shit. He's, you know, shows up the houses and he'd pour himself a scotch or whatever, you know, and then eat the cookies with scotch or what have you. So in the actual movie, spoiler alert, it doesn't really change much, just changes the theme. Like in the movie Hancock, it wasn't just that he was like a superhero who's disenfranchised, but it was like the, the theme of the movie made it look like it's the superhero who does a, like who saves people, but does a bad job of it, like trashes everything in the process, almost like team America world police. But when you watch the movie, that's just the beginning of the movie. He's this hero. And then all of a sudden it's like the side story about him meeting his lost love. And it, it really like the way they pitched the movie to you and what the movie actually is were different. And it's the same with this. So Santa's disenfranchised. He's just doing the job, doesn't care. And he just happens to be at the house as it's, as it's being like, you know, ransacked or whatever. And, and the, everyone's being kidnapped, held hostage, what have you. And he's even trying to get out of there without helping. And then it's not until he, like he hears the plea from the little girl and he's like, you know, and he checks his list and she's on the nice list. So it's almost like if she was on the naughty list, he'd still let her die or whatever. And so Santa is, is he's fighting these guys, but it's, it's more like begrudgingly. Like he didn't, he didn't answer her plea and just come. It was like, he was already there and he was trying to get away from these guys and even took a few of them out before he heard from the little girl. So it was more like, Oh, I got to get out of here. Oh shit. You know, like kill this guy, kill that guy, you know? And then, you know, Santa, Santa, will you help me? You know? And he looks and he's like, and even after he looks, he's like still starting to walk away and he's like, rolls his eyes and begrudgingly goes back to do it worth watching. But like I said, I was just a little surprised that, you know, it wasn't so much that like, Oh my God, Santa's this badass who, who will come to save the nice kids. It was more like, nah, he's just, he's just over, over Christmas and, and just, and is trying to survive himself. You know what I mean? So yeah, I would say, check it out. David Arbor's great. Like everybody's great in the movie. It's just, there's a few scenes. Too. I don't know. I don't know. Watch the movie. Very violent, very violent, not a children's movie, but, but, but worth the watch. Just a little, just a little different than the way it was pitched originally. And finally, I'm just gonna let you guys know that as I go back and record the older episodes, one of the, the things that I used to do a long time ago, which I really enjoyed, I really did enjoy because it felt like it gave me a good amount of content. And, and just, you know, cause it gave me something to talk about. And I love the fact that it was very niche was my top five lists. So there's a big period of, of episodes that were missing. And when I go back and record them, I was doing the top fives at the time. So I'll still have an opportunity to give top fives, but my top five lists for anyone who may be new or who doesn't remember were very like niche top fives. So if you want to make suggestions for a top five list you'd like me to do, or if you want to send in your own, send it to contact at onemanpodcast.com. But the suggestions, so just as a little recap, I've got my list here in front of me about the top, top five ones I did. So, you know, it wouldn't go top five foods, too broad, top five bands, too broad, top five movies, too broad. Right. So like, I, I want to make it so that I can actually talk niche about it. So just, just, I'm going to read you like 10, 10 or 15 of the ones I did. And it was just like, you know, my first one was like the top five YouTube channels I visit, you know what I mean? Top five horror movie jump scares, the, and that's like the types of horror movie jump scares, not the actual movies themselves. I did one that was like my top five strip club moments, top five things I feel strongly about that a conversation or situation ultimately changed. That's very niche. Top five books I own that I want to read, but haven't my top five guilty pleasure musicians or bands, top five pizza toppings, top five small things that bring me joy. There was one that I did was top five animal tales that I wish I had top things. I think it was top five things I'd grab before fleeing like a fire or something like that. You know, there was all sorts of just shit like that, you know, top five. I think at one point I did top five Lego sets I'd like to make. So just look at the Lego sets that are out there. 
top five coffee brands, top five words people use incorrectly. I did at one point, someone asked me to do superhero powers. So I did my top five superhero powers, top five awful driver habits slash behavior. So things like that, where it's, where it's niche enough that I'm not burning a whole category of things I can talk about in the future. So if you guys want to send me a top five suggestion that you'd like me to talk about, let me know. And I'll, I'll, I'll do it. Or alternatively, you can send me your top fives from something. If you hear me doing a top five and you want to, you know, put yours in, please do. I, I would love to hear you guys. I'd love to hear your guys, but it's just, it's topic for conversation, right? It's interesting to hear why you, why you picked what you picked and, and whatnot. So, you know, I appreciate you guys being there. I got some emails I'd like to read. My buddy Jad has sent me an email, so I'd like to read his, and then I got to jump in the shower and get ready for work. The one man podcast. So Jad sent me an email saying two really good horror movies I've watched recently that you might like terrified 2017, never heard of it, but he said, I think he said it was like a foreign film or terrified 2017, super scary. And then Gonjiam haunted asylum. He said, both of them are found on shutter. So if you guys are horror movie fans, those are Jad's suggestions. Then Jad also sent me, we were talking at work and he sent me an, a link to a product that's like an earwax cam pen where you you literally stick this thing in your ear and it's got like a little silicone spoon on the end and you can see what's in your ear and you can literally use it, like clean the crud out of your ear. And I was like, that sounds gross. And he's like, I bought one and I use it all the time. And it's super, super helpful. He was even showing me like, you can record to your phone, like the video of you, of what's in there and what you're taking out of it, whatever. And I thought it was, I thought that was pretty funny, but those are, those are a couple of emails Jad sent. The second one, he sent me the link. So I wish I'll read to you guys what it's called on Amazon. It's, I don't get why these brands have such weird names. The brand is Kaujik, even though it doesn't say so on the box in the picture. K-A-U-G-I-C, earwax removal tool camera. It's retailing right now for $35.99 in Canada, and it seems to have a $8 coupon that you can apply to it. So there's that. And then finally, my buddy Dylan sent me an email saying, well, I don't know what title actually means. So I don't know what that means. But he says, you should play some cocaine country dancing, goddammit. Hey, have you counted how many podcasts you are behind? How long will it take to catch up? I know your voice was fucked up the other day, but it'd be nice to hear your weekly podcast on time. I'm going to wipe my ass now. Okay. So we know what he was doing when he wrote that. I, I, as a matter of fact, I have a list of how many podcasts I'm behind. I don't know where it is, but I can answer to answer your questions. As I mentioned, I will do it. I can see that I have episode 235 has a note here and then it jumps to episode 260. So that's like what? 25. Five would make 40. Yeah. 25 episodes behind there. Then it jumps from 261 to 270. So I missed a few there. 272 to 282. I missed some there. Let's see. 290 to 299. Three, uh, three, oh, let's see. 307 to 311. 311 to 314. 315 to 322. There's another gap there. And then I think it goes like from like three, where's the 300s? Do we jump all the way up to 300? Okay. I'm not that far behind. Then I missed a few from like three, 322 to 323. And then everything else is, is caught up at this point. So, you know, only like 70,000 episodes. So I'll have them caught up soon. Thanks for the email D. Thanks for the email Jad guys. I am headlining and then, or sorry, I'm, I'm hosting and then headlining uh, absolute comedy in Toronto, January 2nd through the 7th. I'll be hosting the 9th through the 14th. I'm headlining. Get your tickets at absolutecomedy.ca. Donate off credits. That'll help get in those odd 
those old episodes caught up so I won't have to wait until the account refreshes to be able to process other episodes. I will be participating in my buddy Tim Riel's Codenames Live on Twitch. It's the Holiday Bash, December 26th through January 1st. So you can go to twitch.tv slash nerdincorrect. Red, who is my, my pal Vanessa, who's, who's co-hosted many of these episodes with me before, she will be my teammate. So you guys can check that out. It'll be a fun way to watch me play a, a little online game show. And you can interact with us via the chat feed, right? You can help out. You can join the team. So coming up for me this week, it's just more Santa as I get ready to head to London, Ontario. So I'll be, I'll be working during the day and then hanging out with my pal Red in the evenings. And that's, that's what's going on with me, guys. Thank you so much for listening to the One Man Podcast. I appreciate you being there. Truly I do, and I look forward to chatting with you again soon. Chocolate.